0: This week on the Indo Daily. I asked her to leave me alone. I felt like she was harassing me and she was insistent that, you know, these were just coincidences. Catherine Martin, she is in favour of scrapping the TV licence and giving money to RT direct from the exchequer. Tánis de Martin, dead set against it. No way, not happening. Find and follow us at all the usual spots and over on the Irish Independent website.
1: The Six Nations on the Left Wing Podcast. A big area of growth from Joe to, to, to Andy Farrell is, you know, the fear of making mistakes under Joe was a real thing. And, like, you, you know, I always say I played with Joe on my shoulder because I was worried. You know, I, I was worried about doing the wrong thing because you'd, you'd know all about it afterwards. But I think with this Irish team, there is more freedom. And alongside that freedom, if the team makes a mistake, They scramble unbelievably well for each other.
2: After taking last weekend off, the Six Nations roars back into life this week and all roads lead to Murrayfield on Sunday as Ireland look to complete the fourth leg of a potential Grand Slam. Beating Scotland won't be easy, but it is sure to be a thrilling encounter and on tonight's episode of The Left Wing, we will be looking ahead to the big game and plenty more besides. Will Sattery here and I'm delighted to be joined in studio by Luke Fitzgerald and Ulster out-half Ian Madigan. Ian, welcome back to the show.
1: Yeah, thanks a million for having me on, always a pleasure.
2: Yeah, I think your annual appearance, it was, a, it, was a, it was overdue and it's usually you're on Six Nations time as well, it's always <laughs> an exciting time and lots to talk to you about Ulster and how the season is going, but we might start with the Six Nations, such an exciting time of year. Ireland, three from three, going for four from four this weekend and playing some really good stuff as well. Like when you watch the team play at this point of the revolution under Andy Farrell, what kind of jumps out to you in terms of things that impress you the most?
1: I think what what's impressed me the most is the guys that have come in. So, you know, before the competition, if you said that we were going to go three from three without Ty, without Ro- uh, Robbie, y- you know, you'd be concerned. Whereas, you know, Finlay's come in, it's been absolutely seamless. Stu McCloskey, I think, has been brilliant for for Ireland as well. And what that tells me is is the system that's in place, the squad of 30 know it inside out. And there's probably another five or six lads who could com- come in, the likes of Jordan, Jordan, who's been playing really well. Um so, yeah, that's, for me, it's just that, that how comfortable they are in playing that system, both sides of the ball. Mm. And, like, I was very confident that we were going to beat France at home. I, I thought we'd beat Wales. Um, the one I was worried about was Scotland away. And I'm even more worried about it now because I think they're playing really well. And they're obviously going to be, you know, a bit hurt from the, the, the French game.
2: Yeah, in terms of the you know the kind of the system, the structure you said that the players are plugging into. Both you guys played for Ireland. Obviously, you won a Grand Slam. Like, do, do you ever kind of like think about what it would be like to play in that number ten role in this current system and the options that are available and, and how you might do things or are, are kind of the role of the out half in that system?
1: Yeah, I, I don't think it's massively different to what Joe had us, had us doing. You know, Joe was very structured. You had your set role. He he liked guys being in certain slots, and he was big on getting the ball into the right guy's hands, and that's what Ireland are doing really well at the moment. I think where the game has has been pushed on under Andy Farrell is how they set the forwards up and the ability of the back row to mix in with the backs. You look at like the likes of Caelan Doris; he's like a third center. Yeah. You know, you just get that guy
0: get 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 his hands on the ball in the wide channels, and he'll make something happen. Hmm. I, I think as well to just to add to that point, I would feel quite similar. Like I think. There isn't really like like there's a, probably a way to play rugby in terms of structuring like just pr- presenting your out half with options and your your scrum half with options. What I would feel like about this Irish team and watching them why they're so easy on the eye is that I think it's actually it's not just getting the ball to the right people. That's definitely a, a part of it in my own opinion. I think there's actually more guys who can play make now, mm. so it doesn't actually matter. Like you know there's more be like you wouldn't be worried about getting the ball. To, in, into someone's hands and being able to throw one out the back under pressure or give a little tip on pass. Whereas I think previously they were probably a bit more selective about letting someone, you know, you'd have a few guys in your pack who were, rookers and they were great at a set piece yeah. and that was it and they probably were expected maybe not to have too much of an impact on the ball whereas I think kind of nearly everyone has to be able to do that in this system now and I think it gives you a great freedom it also gives your it gives great great comfort to your 9s and your 10s if everyone's comfortable on the ball and they can throw them a pressure pass they know they're going to be able to stick it because yeah. they're used to getting the ball they're expecting to get it so I think that's probably a portion of it too I don't know if you're if you look at that and, and think the same thing um, but just casting my eye over it and thinking back when when I'm comparing the two eras I think it's a great point you make because I I definitely agree with that I just feel like that's maybe an added layer to it does that make any sense no it
1: does absolutely and I I think a big area of growth from Joe to Andy Farrell is, you know, the fear of making mistakes under Joe was a real thing. And like you, you know, I always say I played with Joe on my shoulder because I was worried. (laughs) You know, I I was worried about doing the wrong thing because you'd you'd know all about it afterwards. But I think with this Irish team, there is more freedom. And alongside that freedom, if the team makes a mistake, they scramble unbelievably well for each other. Like even in the French game, I actually thought we kicked the ball pretty poorly a few times and I was watching from behind I was thinking "Geez, we're going to be in trouble here and the team just scrambled really hard for each other and that kind of you know that shows me a lot it shows us a very happy squad guys are playing for each other but also you've got license that if you see something back yourself and do it and that's where like the offloading game has been a massive area of growth and that's you know, another well, thing that under Joe Schmidt was allegedly not.
0: But I think Joe wasn't really. I, th- I always say that's a mis. We uh, you always hear me yeah. say that. I always think that's a misconception. Joe just wanted you to make sure that you had dominated the contact, and I feel like that there's. It's not just that. That just doesn't change now. Like I actually feel like they're they're in better positions in contact but it's tied to different things. It's it's tied to that ability for someone to go, right, I can throw this pass anyway, and he can give a little tip-on pass and that person's in a better position to dominate the contact. So that still applies. Like if you throw, if they went in, like Annie Farrell would be furious if they went to throw, to, like to just try and offload out of nowhere and it's just a, it, you're just giving the ball away. Like that doesn't, like if, but if you're in the right position to do it, you know that's every coach is going to want you to throw the offload no coaches and Joe Schmidt was exactly the same that way he probably was just a bit more into the detail on it uh, and Andy Farr would be the exact same I guarantee you. I just feel like they're in better positions to do it more often now and that's why you're seeing more of them uh, we probably weren't as expansive and probably weren't, didn't have the ability to be as expansive amongst the forwards I just feel like the, the likes of Doris is the obvious example but Ty Byrne uh, James Ryan has lovely hands too you know Tyke Furlong, we obviously know but Finney Bealham like uh, right across the pack I'm not going to go through because I really feel like there are probably 16 guys there who can throw a pass and are very, very accurate with their ball handling. So I feel like they find better holes, Will, dominate contact more because they're more comfortable on the ball. It would be my own opinion. And that's why you find yourself
2: in those situations. Ian's point about, I suppose, players maybe feeling that they can make a mistake and they're not going to be absolutely crucified for it. Does that lead to what we're seeing now? Is that a more expansive style? Or does that help?
0: Was, Andy Fire will still drop you if you don't play well. And yeah. to my mind, that's, yeah. that's the same thing. Um... And he's proved that, like, he'll make brave decisions, you know. So yeah, I don't know, I'd be cautious enough about the uh, people slipping into that mindset. I, I feel like they're playing better rugby. They've they're I, I feel like a lot of it stems from from that little bit that I keep mentioning, I'm not gonna mention it again. I, I think that really gives them um puts them in better positions and I think more people are comfortable moving on the ball and expecting a ball. So I think that they, they're running better lines. It kind of feeds through to like loads of different parts of the game plan mm-hmm. in my opinion. And um I still feel like he's he's a he's a tough operator and yes, he wants you to express yourself and be brave. What do you opinion too? A mm-hmm. good coach has to be able to do that too. Yeah. Yeah, would you agree? You you probably more Yeah, absolutely and I I, I things, think yeah. I think as
1: well, like my cat's gotta take massive credit as yeah. well. And like from talking to the lads, you know, um who are in, in, in camp, like his philosophies are are, are simple. You know, see this see the pla- see the space, go to the space, you know, and um he puts massive onus on, you know, the, the centers, the back three, um, to get the information into the into the nine and the ten. And if he's going back through footage and he thinks it's on and it hasn't been called in you're going to know all about oh, yeah. it you know and um I know we don't see probably as much of, of Mike, you know, in the media as such, but um, he's a very, very sharp uh, coach and, and I think he's had a big part to play in, in how successful Ireland have been over the last couple of years.
2: The wingers, you know, James Lowe, Mark Hanson, are very involved in, in all these games. They get a lot of touches, they pop up in unexpected places again. Like, you know, as I said, you were obviously the wing on a Grand Slam winning team. When you look at what your role was then and what the lads are asked to do now, how do you kind of compare them or, or kind of put yourself... Up? If I was playing in James Lowe's position on Sunday, like what would I be expected to do that maybe I wasn't asked to do the last time? Or
0: um yeah, I don't know. He's such a good athlete. James Lowe's probably a bad example. I'd say Matt Hansen's an easier one for me to kind of compare myself to. I just feel like James Lowe's—he's such a big boy, isn't he? Like, and he's a great athlete. Like, he—he plays with great flair. Um, I think we probably—I probably see the game a little bit differently to him at times. Like, I, there's probably loads of things he does that I'm like, gee, I can't believe he did that. But then. One, one one server you know, something comes off and you're kinda of going, geez, I'm glad he keeps trying it because it does come off every now and then. Um but Matt Hansen for me is probably easier for me to compare. pretty similar I don't know if we're similar athletes, or whatever, he seems like a great athlete and all that, but um similar size guy. Like you're not he's not gonna be busting through anyone with a with you know with size like James Lowe is. I'm probably more looking for gaps like him. Um and I feel like his skills are what impressed me the most about him. I think his ball handling is way better than mine. That's something that I worked hard enough on but had trouble with it for various reasons, confidence issues sometimes with it as well um, and our game probably didn't really lean that way towards it. but I, I still feel like when the team was playing well I was searching and I was playing well alongside that I was kind of searching for involvements. I feel like those guys search for it all the time. I think when, when the team isn't playing well even for Lencer, for example, against La Rochelle and stuff like that, I feel like I don't see James Lowe as much. Um, So I think it's really important. I actually think they've become a really key component to how the team plays and when they break teams down is when they're searching for the ball they're hungry they're floating around the nine they're floating around the ten they're they're calling they're calling for the ball as you say my cap puts obviously a big onus and most coaches do on the outside players who have the most time and can see most of the pitch to get good information into the people who are controlling the play um and those guys seem to do that really well because they get the ball an awful lot and they're usually in very good positions and much as you know we have a laugh about it. Like I, I probably didn't have that sniff for a goal, and like those two guys do. They seem to be in the right place, at the right time. And I, a, a lot of my career, I probably spent thinking, Asher, oh, sure, it doesn't really matter who, as long as we're winning, it doesn't really matter who's getting on the on like getting over the line. Um, you know, I could be standing away from the ball, but like creating space for someone else because I'm dragging someone out of position. I don't know, the, the more time I go on, I think there's actually a real skill to it. Because I always wondered that about Keith Earls. He's so good at getting... you know those finishing tries? He had a great try statistics. And mine were so poor. And I often looked at that and thought, jeez, how is that? And I look at these guys now, and I see similar traits. I think they've got a nose for a try, and they're hungry for you a try. You too much. That was <laughs> <your problem. laughs> I got a compliment from Mike Brewer once, and I loved it. I, I actually, do you know what? I never felt like I was in the game if I didn't have a physical impact. Like, I used to hate waiting for... 30 minutes for a tackle or something a yeah. rook is a great way to just feel I just felt okay I'm in the game now smash yeah. the one on a rook uh, uh, whatever it was about that oh, sure. I, I, I was a centre trap in the winger's body <laughs> <laughs> Why playing with, with, with yourself and Ferg I knew it. I, well, <laughs> I, didn't, on your own I didn't have, have to looks. hit a rook all game
1: but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, no on the on the, um, the Matt Hansen point like as an out half, now I've, I've never played with him, but as an out half, he's the guy you want to play with because he always seems to call the ball on himself. Yeah. He'll get up from a wide ruck and he'll go the full width of the pitch. Yeah, he's and fit. He's really he, fit. He, yeah. he must be really fit. And he'll mm. pick up, you know, there's nothing on for a 10, you look outside, but he suddenly picks up your inside. Mm. You know, you survive that phase, you build again, you go again. And, and that's, that's what I really like about him. And um, you He's know, got, got great
0: skills, doesn't he? He, he
1: does have great skills. Yeah. And that's like I go, going back to the, the Ulster guys, like when Jacob is at his best he is calling the ball on himself non stop yeah. and like he'll say to you at halftime and he will go through you he'll go give energy. me the ball and that's when you kind of know right he's on mm. and that's what, that's what you want from your back three players mm. it's you know you, you don't want to be this guy who's just waiting for the perfect yeah. opportunity you got to you got to get after the game you know and at times wingers now have to play
0: like a third center mm. you know yeah, yeah but i think that, that it's become more like i think that that floating runner behind so that was almost you were nearly always hitting the front door but going behind those guys, I feel like the defenses because they're so hard up now. If yeah. you can't get that ball away there, I think you really expose yourself. Uh, and if you're not able to do it, I just don't think they want they'll, they'll pick you. So yeah, you think Jimmy O'Brien, think Alarmer, all these guys. You know Keith Earls, lovely hands. Like all those guys are, are good footballers. I think you have to be now. And like James Lowe and and I think Hanson and Conway when he comes back. Hopefully he, I don't know if he'll be back in time for the World Cup. And they might be under pressure at this stage. But all those guys can play the ball. Mm. I think it's a really key component to your game. That probably wasn't as emphasised as much, you're probably more thought of as that strike runner type of guy. Um but I think they have to be more all round now and I think the, the team is benefiting from it. Big time.
2: One thing I'd like to ask you as an out half because it just occurred to me the other day is you know when, when Ireland are really humming and the out half has so many options. You know, they can hit people at the front or the guys coming at the back. Like at what stage of the process is Johnny or Ross Byrne as it was last time making that decision about where the ball is going. Is it just literally the last second he's deciding who to hit or is it kind of he scans the defence and then as the ball is coming from the scrum half, he's kind of made his mind up? Or how does that process yeah, work? Yeah,
1: like it, th- there's lots of moving parts to it. And, you know, if you look at Johnny and, and and Ross, they're both brilliant at it. Like their head's on a swivel. So, you know, obviously you're, you're keeping an eye on what's going on at the breakdown, but they'll scan out, see what the defensive picture is, scan and see what attacking picture you've got. Um, and you look, you, you look out, you see six defenders, you've only got four attackers. You're thinking, right, we're gonna be playing front door here, survive this phase, see if we can get them on the other side. If you're looking out and you're seeing a better picture, you've got six attackers, four defenders, then you're thinking, right, <clears throat> I want an option play here. And what Ireland do really well is, because of the likes of Mac Hansen, working really hard, their, their ability to change the attacking picture late is what's making them really hard to defend. And as you said there, you run you know, the kind of standard block play, 12 goes short, you know, 13 goes out the back. But then suddenly you pick up a blind winger on the trail of the 13, the wing shoots, he thinks he can solve it, it gets lifted to the blind wing, and then suddenly you're released down the edge. So <clears throat> back to your question of like, when is it called, a lot of the calls are option plays. So there's an option to go to the front door, there's an option to go out the back, or there could be an option to go all the way as in like a kind of needle ball through. And the onus really is on the players outside the ten. So the ten might call the initial shape, but then the players outside of him will generally call the option.
0: Yeah, because you've got to have, you nearly have a, uh, I, I always felt like you were playing your best uh, as a team and, and you know, your, your playmakers are playing the they, they almost feel it. You know, you, you, you kind of get, as you say, you've got the picture, you kind of made your mind up. Now, good players will have good players that, you know, if they have good players outside them as well, That can change last minute but they've almost made their mind up off the first picture and it's only really changing if someone's if someone's calling it or they see something like like i have to say one of the things about johnny Sexton that always like i think most players will play something that they've decided upon just just before they get the ball they go okay that's the picture i've got it this is what we're doing I've, i've kind of seen what i have outside me um i've seen the defense and they've kind of picked it i feel like he can change his mind so late. Like, he's he is... I, that, if you were... There's a few skills I think he's got that are, like, I think his ball handling is just unbelievable. I think his brain, like, he's... i playing a long time now as well. But he seems to be able to have something decided and change at last minute. Like, re, he's really good at that, I think. And no, he's got he good is. players outside him. No, no, no. Of course yeah. he is.
1: And, like, he, he's he's the ultimate salesman because I think sometimes he makes up his mind very early. And the rest of the time he's spending
2: is... Pretending he hasn't.
1: No, no, no. Is selling... What he's not gonna do. Like you know, oh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah.
0: so his body shape, the speed he moves on to the so ball Do you think he, he he's like figured it out quicker than everyone else? So he's gone boom, oh, that's it and and he's And oh, then he's he's now selling what he's not gonna fair do. Fair
1: enough, yeah, I definitely it, it, It's ones, not yeah. it's not every time.
0: But he it's something that he does do sometimes does and, and, look ones oh, and things like so that. Yeah, that makes sense I suppose, because um, yeah, if they're such difficult skills to execute, I've obviously yeah. gone I've obviously been fooled like everyone else, thinking that's a late decision. Yeah. But you think it's a real early one and he's just gone, okay. I am going front door here, but I'm going to look like I'm passing to the guy at the back. And yeah. you'd say, okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's two ways of yeah. looking at it, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just feel like he, whatever it is, those decisions, he's, he is, I think he's better than anyone I've seen at it. Oh, I yeah. really feel like he, that's his, yeah. it's a real key strength for him to be able to, whether, whether it's figuring out it earlier or figuring out late, you'd obviously have a better idea of, of, of this Oh, than he does me. both, without know, doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's very impressive, whatever it is. Yeah. And I think you do have to have good people outside you. I, I think it ties in. I'm going to bore the life out of him but I, th- I think the forwards if he has and that say Ross Byrne has as well on a weekly basis they do make your job a good bit easier like they all have good footwork like you can kind of throw one into space and they're almost like a centre like you think of Dan Sheehan you think of even Kelleher like those guys they they, they can all have a little bit of footwork later. or they can ex- change, change pace or they can do that little pass like they have good people outside them as well that does help how good your decision looks after as well you know yeah. it's also as well like a big part of it is the ability of like,
1: your, your pack to get you speed of ball. Mm-hmm. So like as a general rule, every extra second is an extra defender that's going to fill into the defensive line. So if it's a four or five-second rook, you're talking about an extra two, three defenders. Um, and then the other side as well is if obviously your fours are, are, are able to move forward and the defensive line is backpedaling, it is a completely different picture to attack against. Mm-hmm. You've got more time on the ball. You can play on top of them. And that is what, you know, that is what the Irish team have been very good at. Yeah, great.
2: What did you make of Ross Burns' performances over the first two matches when he was, you know, coming in for those late cameos and then his first start obviously there's so much kind of focus on who's gonna be backing up Johnny Sexton at the World Cup. How did you think he played?
1: Yeah, I thought Ross played well. Like it was it's a tough one going over to Italy. Like they've definitely turned the corner, I think. You know, they're certainly f- an attack, and anyway. yeah. Yeah. um <laughs> Italy will never have a better chance of beating France in that first game. Like they blew it, and if they had, if they had Garbiči in that in that first game, I I think they're winning it.
0: Uh, you know, do you know what? I still feel like those mistakes at the start, like they, they was too hard to come back from. Like you know, you know, like the the chips, the block down chips. You know, a few of those things like that. Yeah. The ones close to the line where they are going out the back. There was a few crazy bits. So they still had that in them. It was still the start of the championship. I agree with you. They've turned a the corner definitely, but they. He might have got them over the line, but I feel like I always felt like the damage was done at the start. You were yeah. like they got back in it. But you're all it takes France are one of those teams that like you don't wanna be like you nearly don't wanna have sixty minutes of trying to get back into it because I only need one minute. Like you see what Ireland, like, you know, someone doesn't take out a support runner and they're running in from like their own twenty-five when we look like we were in a great position. They're just one of those teams. You don't wanna be they're like New Zealand, you don't wanna hang in there against them. You need to you know, you need to be level pegging or you need to be ahead of them, I think. If you're mm. trying to chase them for too long with a big lead, you just always feel like they're going to get there somewhere, yeah. don't they? There's too much talent there, but I agree with you, he's some player. Like, he he is a difference maker for no, them. Is. And they've definitely, I think Crowley's been really brave with the game plan and I think, you know, you're seeing the fruits as well of some of, some of the effort putting into the youngsters, I think. we haven't talked to, we talked to McKinley or um, uh, McKinley a couple of weeks ago about it and, um, yeah he was really positive But those 20s performances remember they were were they third in um, one of the um I think the a good few scalps in the 6th and yeah the they class. have like, yeah. but they were third were they th- I think they were third in last year's or two years ago they were third and a few of those guys they're good players do like, you know yeah. what I mean? you see the fruits of, of the hard work kind of coming through so there are skills there to utilise and I feel like that's been the big turning point for them? They just look—they look at they look like they're brave, them A bit like Ireland, but just probably not with as much talent.
1: No, and they make some of their errors are just Mad. costly, and like, they, like basic stuff like playing in the wrong areas. Mm. Um, but no, look, I, I, I think Ross is—he's a guy that that the lads love playing alongside yeah. because he facilitates the players around him really well. He's um, tactically, he's really sharp. Like you know, and you can see it week in, week out for for Leinster. He just—he he plays them in the right areas of the pitch. He knows when when it's time to play, and he also he's great at taking his foot on and off the accelerator of kind of going right. Take a, let's take a breath here. He doesn't
0: look G- like a guy who gets flustered. I, yeah. I, I always like that uh, about Ross. I think he looks like he's a he's a big game player. You know, similar to yourself with the kicking off the ground. Mm-hmm. Like he just oh, has. A great goal He's got a, good, a yeah. good head and yeah. shoulders. Like for that last kick, he kind of wants it. He's nearly grabbing the ball out of someone's hand. Mm-hmm. And say, listen, I you know I really back myself um, off the deck, and I think that's been. I'm sure you probably had the same experience where. Once you become that kicker, he's become that kicker. Like it really gets you into loads of teams, even if mm. you're not, you know, fully firing. You, if you can rely on someone's goal kicking, like that was the difference for Johnny when he got in the team too. You know, just getting that goal kicking to eighty five percent above, uh, I think that's really tra- changed things for him. Mm. Um And obviously, I think he's brought the other parts to his game. I think this year it looks like he's a bit more of a leader. Maybe done a few. Yeah, do you, I think yeah, you've noticed that as well. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. like he Go looks like chat, he's kind man. of yeah, looks like he's uh, he developed a bit more in that personality, like confidence in his own mm. leadership. We can see him in the huddles, just kind of. Grab Grabbing people by the scruff of the neck, kind of, yeah. going, or, or the team with the scruff of the neck, a scruff of the neck, and kind of dragging them through at times when there's been a bit of a bit of panic. Uh, I, I'm really impressed with him so yeah. far. Yeah. Like
1: what, what's a challenge for Ross is like Johnny sets the team up a certain way, and like he's brilliant at it. Um, but if you know if you're the backup ten or you're in for a week like Italy, you know Ross will want to set it up slightly differently, and that is that that is tough. Very you
2: tough. know, is it hard to kind of come in like that and you you kind of feel like. You you don't want to do like a Johnny Sexton impression when people are obviously no. look you know they're used to playing with him. But I
1: tried that for a while; it didn't <laughs> quite work. But. <laughs> <laughs> you <closer> up, <laughs> no, but no, he's no look. It's just that that is a, that is a challenge because, um, for example, if 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 Johnny wants to run square to the line, the, how the forwards run off him is slightly different. If Ross wants to be a small bit more lateral, how the forwards get their timing off him is different. You know, it's, that's a simple example of. But that that's the difference between knocking the ball on or getting hit man and ball. So, you know, what was good was he would a full week at running the show and that would really stand to him versus you know, coming on for 20 minutes against France. Ultimately, Johnny's run the show that week. You get in, you get a handful of reps.
0: You're trying to imitate versus, actually, as you say, putting your own stamp on things to a certain extent. But the point um, you made
2: there about just even that little timing issue with the forwards, like, when you're running the show that week as the starter, like, is that a conversation you have? Is it just mm. from doing the reps? Or do you say, oh, like, this is how I run, you know, maybe you want to adjust accordingly? Or how does that go? Oh, big time. Like, you know, the... A good coach, like, like Joe,
1: Joe would always have been sharp enough to be able to say it to you on the, on the pitch, you know, you were too wide there, you were too tight, you were too deep, whatever it might be, he could cue you right there. There's other coaches that they need to watch the footage and then they'll give you the feedback there. Very similar with players. A lot of the players now, their instincts are good enough that they'll be able to say, look, I think you overran that. And then you could watch the footage that night and go, yeah, I was right. Or have another conversation go, you know what? Yeah, actually didn't overrun it. I should have just given you the ball earlier. So but those mini conversations really accumulate in a week,
0: both on the training pitch but also in the video analysis. They're more difficult from the bench. Much more difficult. Like yeah. saying to the lads, like like, like say grab no, but grabbing someone like, yeah. you know, Doris O'Mahony and Jack Conan and saying here, like when you're when you're on the sub like for for someone like Ross to say, Listen, lads, this week, you know, I'm not gonna very hard to admit as well I'm probably not going to get the ball there like you know it's a quarter of a second later but that feels like that's like a lifetime for Mm. someone trying to time the run off you when there's a a big wall of French defenders all 20 stone trying to take your head off literally I mean they're probably going to be thinking well Johnny should be playing the 80 minutes really so I'm going to be thinking if Johnny wants to grab me for you know 20 minutes I'm gonna be having that conversation with him, but I'm not gonna probably have it with Ross. And he probably wouldn't have the confidence to do it. Now maybe he would. I think what's really benefited him as well is that there's such a big Leinster contingent. I feel like that's probably an easier transition for the guys to make when they know Ross is coming on the pitch to know because Ross kind of gets slightly across, like Johnny's unbelievably good at staying like really straight uh, onto the ball and delivering a pass, staying over his pass just a little bit. I always think Ross just just comes a l- across a little bit, but it, it means for for the guys outside him means often there's a defender will is there a little bit earlier onto you, but it also means you, you need you do need to take it half a step, which is, which is difficult to do, but they play it more often, so I feel like that's not as big an adjustment anymore. Mm-hmm
2: questions for you obviously you went into the 2015 world cup as that number two out half like ross burn it could be ross burn it could be someone else for the world cup this autumn like did you know going into that world cup obviously johnny ended up getting injured but before that like what games you were playing how much you were going to play just in terms of like mapping out how a campaign goes because already there's been conversations like should 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 johnny start against south africa should they you know should they keep him for scotland Like, did you know when like what conversations had with you about what you'd be playing how much you'd be playing um t- being honest my, my
1: my main focus was really just making the squad you know it, it, the the pre-season leading into the world cup is, is is very full on and um there was lots of competition there like obviously Johnny was 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 the kind of clear number one um, myself and Paddy were competing to be to, to be number 2 and i also didn't know what formulation the squad was going to take was he going to take two out halves was he going to take three scrum halves or was you know as it transpired he only took two scrum halves um but that was that was my main goal and then it was obviously you've got the, the the warm-up games i think we made maybe played two or three warm-up games and it's like right i've got to take my chance here to put my hand up to to you know get into the the 23 but for me you know i i never you know wh- while my the goal was to make the squad it was also i wanted to be number one and like that was my mindset you know and um I think Enda McNulty said it to me. He's like, "Look, if you're not trying to be number one, you're not trying to be great. And if you're not trying to be great, you won't even be good." You know. And he was dead right. And I competed with with Johnny to be better than him. And um, I think that's the mindset you got to have as 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 a as a
0: professional sports as a sports person. person. Yeah, no matter and who you, you, you are, yeah.
1: you'd be no different. I like,
0: oh, well That's it, sure. Like I remember, it was kind of Drico was probably the target on the back for me when I first started, and that's fairly ambitious. Um, but as you say. You know, failing in the attempt, you end up in a pretty good place too. Generally, if that's if you've been ambitious enough and you've uh, you, you've kind of been aspirational in the goal setting, and I always think that's a real key thing, no matter what you're doing in your life, is to to be aspirational. And uh, it's funny how many times you actually do achieve those things, um, but even when you don't achieve them. Um, you know there's uh, there's great learning in it but there's usually you usually get to a place you never thought you'd get to anyway if you were being if you if you had been really realistic about it um that sounds like a weird thing to say but i i really believe that actually i think it's actually a, it's a it's a great tool in your life to to be able to really commit to something that you that you think is maybe beyond you um so um yeah no i think most sports people have to have that thing johnny Sexton and brian o'driscoll were your two targets like you picked pretty pretty different but you see where we ended up we did we did okay yeah, yeah. so um no but you know what i mean i, I think you know, most sports people will have that and like any young person coming into the squad now uh you know uh, you know you, you have to be aiming if you have to be aiming for the ring rose you have to be aiming for the Caelan doris the thai Furlongs. they got to have a target on their back and you got to think you're, go, you're, you're going beyond that person um and um, you know any coach who's, who's if there's any coaches listening around like that, like that's if you're if people are asking you about what their goals should be,
2: should always to be to, to be
0: the best at what they're doing. Um, and um, yeah, I always think you get good results doing that. So I'm not surprised to hear Matt mm-hmm. saying that. You know,
2: really want to ask you about Finn Russell. Obviously, the game this Sunday, he's going to be the key man for Scotland. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he, the game against France, he both. <clears coughs> tore them apart at times but then also gave gave them one again with that interception try what's your opinion on him as a whole we had a really interesting discussion last week kind of about him and, you know he, he creates so much good stuff for them but he does have the, a kind of a big error in him as well over the course of his career like how do you rate him as an out half overall
1: ah look he, he he's, he's a brilliant player and um, I think one thing with Finn is he does portray this kind of relaxed you know and it almost sometimes looks like he doesn't care he most certainly does care and um, I've had the pleasure of getting to know Rory Sutherland in, in the Ulster squad over the last few weeks and you know he, he made it clear to me he's like Finn puts in a huge amount of work both from a video analysis point of view but also in the gym as well um, and does he in the gym yeah he does, really? does. <laughs> surprised at no, that yeah. no, sorry and, and a bit rich coming from me but no, uh, but, no but like <laughs> I think sometimes he, you know he, he can kind of enjoy almost that maybe plays
0: up to that kind of character yeah, as such but yeah. no
1: look this guy this guy's a, a serious pro mm-hmm. um, and when when you see him pulling off an over the top pass or a crossfield kick there's been hours of footage put into the, the the studying of that so people think oh this guy just you know confetti in the pockets he just plays off the cuff he doesn't he knows what he's doing and he's manipulating the defenders um, what I will say though about him and like I watched him play last night he played against we were playing Toul- great Toulouse great game it was a great game but he was a mixed bag, you know. He made a lot of big errors, you know. Even at the end, the game gets to seventy-seven minutes, seventy-eight minutes, and they have a chance to kick the ball into the corner. He kicks it dead, you know. Like that's, you know, that 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 that's unforgivable. And like you know, you're never seeing Johnny doing something like that. Um, and they they're, they're, they are different in in, in how, how they play. Johnny is definitely you know more calculated, um, and I I also think as well that that Johnny's probably easier to play alongside. I'd say sometimes players playing outside Finn, they're 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 nearly unsure of what he's gonna do mm. because I don't think sometimes he knows what he's gonna do himself
0: until the last minute.
1: Yeah. Um
0: which is which is a challenge. Would you have liked to have played with him? Oh yeah. Like there's not like he's a good player. Like I, I, I you know, I think he's got better his tackling has gotten better the last couple of years as well. I I I think I've probably been a little bit harsh to him on that in the past, but I think he's improved a lot on that. He's certainly a talented player. I, I always feel like he's the kind of player you just need to give good communication to. I think, you know, good players around him will be able to take a few few more of those moments out of him as well. Um, But, look, generally speaking, he has that... He does have that moment. I agree with you. He has that, that kind of moment where you're going, well, why? Why there? Like that was yeah. you know, he just can't rein it back in at times and, and pick a you know a sensible option sometimes. Or he can't wait for the extra phase. That's a really hard thing to do, by the way, when you can when you're when it, particularly when he's played a few that come off it's an exhilarating feeling for something. No, it is. It's yeah, great, just, I've had
2: it, you know. Not here, making someone here, here in a here Champions in there, Cup game yeah, all but, or,
0: but here and there, I I've have had. I know what that feeling like sometimes where something you've tried is like has come off. It feels unbelievable in front of a big crowd. But really great players, I think, those moments that just happen because, it, you know, and you just react in the moment and it's really obvious. I feel like the real challenge for lots of players, particularly someone who touches the ball as much as a 9 and a 10, is actually being able to bring yourself back from that and know when it's a feeling that it's just, you know, it's natural. Um and knowing when you're forcing it, it's a really hard place to, to be uh, for a decision maker because they have so many of these decisions throughout the game. Um and I, I think he doesn't really I don't I don't think he realizes sometimes when you play like in a Scotland jersey um that you're playing against international rugby players. Like they some some of these people will show you something and take it away, like a like a really good defender. I don't see it happen as much in the wide channels anymore. But someone like um, a Doug Howard or a Brian Abana, um, they would show you something. So you see a picture, and then all of a sudden, when you go to, so you, you make your decision. So so we were talking about uh, out half making a decision. And um, you know, you 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 look at the defense. You look at what you have outside you. You go to look at the ball. When you look away, uh, and look at look at, when the out half looks at, at the ball to catch it. People oftentimes will have shown you something that they go okay I want you to play wide like Habana will say I'm going to stand a little bit for it sorry I'm going away from my mic here what a cop shot uh, yeah um, I'm, actually, I'm actually showing that. what i but, but a good player Doug Hale was brilliant at this too they will when, when you go and look at your line you're going to see oh Doug Hale, it's wide away there's a big space there where Doug Howlett should be he will then slip back in as you go to look at the ball then you've made your decision to throw this pass if you can't change your mind last second and you throw that pass all of a sudden it's an intercept Habana was the king at that I to
2: bring up a bad memory but is that what Brian and Abana did to <laughs> <you>. <laughs> it actually was. It was. He was
0: miles away. He was also so quick that when you throw that one, he could come from miles away. Yeah. Yeah. It was just yeah, well look. No, his ability to accelerate. <laughs> but,
1: e- but even like with with the fifty twenty-two rule now, th- that's a massive part of the game now is is the the, the pictures that are painted from the back three. Mm. You know, when you're attacking around, you're kind of between the halfway line and your own ten meter line, the back three now have got to be on the money. But yeah. at the same time you can't think oh we'll just put 3 in the backfield and try and defend with 12 in the front line because you'll get carved open. Hmm. One guy gets it wrong on the fold hold, you're going to get stuck with 5 on one side. Any team worth their salt will we'll get seven something. attackers yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're yeah. going to get done. So <clears throat> it's it, it's a it's a big challenge now for for the back three being able to, you know, cover off those 50-22s, but also still have the ability
0: of getting into the front line. And in fairness, I actually thought Rob Kearney was very good at it. Oh, he was so good. He, Rob was great. Yeah. Gervin Dempsey was brilliant at it too. As was, and actually Shane Horgan was quite good at it too. But yeah. I would feel like as a really, a really good pack player, back three player, will be able to show you both. Mm. Like they'll show you when, when you're, when they're kind of nervous. I always felt like when I was nervous about the numbers on the other side, well, I'll show up and give the kick. Whereas usually rule of thumb was always you never want the ball going in behind you, particularly mm. if you didn't have your fifteen. But say you're on your own out there and you've no fifteen. If I'm worried about what's in the front line, like really worried if there's good players there, there's like a, you know, a really brilliant centre who'd be able to, you know, play it, you know, you know, or, or who's good with their feet but can still throw a pass. You know, as you say, they can split you open. I'll go well. You know, I'm going to bail or if we have a weak defender like your tight out prop or something back in the day uh, not tight furlong obviously now but someone of that ilk who's been pushing and shoving I'll say you know what I'm going to help them out here and I'm going to show the kick mm. so I'll show the kick to the 10 so the 10 is going to see me up in the line he's going to go mm, do you know what That's where they're probably covered there I'm not going to throw that pass to that, that brilliant centre I have I'm going to kick because I can see Luke is up and what I'll do is as soon as I see him again looking in to catch the ball I'm already gone so yeah. we, you know you do loads of things like that, and even if he decides not to kick it, all of a sudden there's indecision and it slows up the play. There's loads of things that really good back three players are, are able to do there. I, I think it's it's a real skill. I think, and and you have to do you do have to think about it a lot. So it's, a, it's a great point Ian makes about you know because I, I think people are better at ball playing now. I think they will find the spaces a bit easier, and that 50-22 rule is a brilliant rule. I think yeah, it's it's a, it's a really really great rule, and it really gives you incentive to maybe look for that space. Ireland have been good at it as well. They, we've had the most in the championship by quite a distance, I think. You know, so I think it's a, it's a great point you make that it's you can't just do that anymore you get like there's 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 a cherry for the person kicking to the corner so you really have to be smart about how you cover that space as well as obviously not giving up yeah that front you know the 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 line uh, the line break option uh if you're too far back just covering Mm. the kicks
1: and like i think the reason why ireland have been the best at getting the 50-22s is because the teams we're playing are so worried about our attack yeah that they're now thinking right we need more guys in the front line and you've got you know 15 trying to cover both sides play, yeah, like it's, yeah, it's, yeah. which is near impossible yeah. you know but um no it's it's a real skill and I, I remember chatting to rob about it and he was his kind of philosophy was he'd, he'd like leaving really low percentage kicks mm. and be like look if you want to go for that go for it but you need to be on the money to beat me yeah. and i used to love trying to challenge him when you know when i let's say playing in the second team in leinster and trying to you know win the win the corners and he was bloody
0: tough to He's deceptively hit. fit as well. several and his brother are similar. They always pulled their muscles, <laughs> didn't they? They were really tight muscle guys. They always pulled their hammies and stuff. So he never trained that much. But Jesus, he was always so fit. He was yeah. he was brilliant. Like he was one of those a bit like Johnny to a certain extent, um, where they seem to be able to like not train ever, but like come back for the big one and just be like be able to run for eighty minutes like nonstop. Like Rob chewed
2: up the ground. Like no, he was brilliant. He was an unbelievable yeah. cover of the pitch, you know? One other thing I'd like to ask you about Finn Russell, You know, do you think if Finn Russell was playing in Ireland, came up through the Irish system, would he look the same as he does now? Or would that, would that kind of maverick streak have been coached out of him? I feel like in Ireland, the, the tolerance for... Oh, there's a few mavericks here. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's the closest thing we probably have. Here like, they you know, you, I don't know, did you feel like the, the coaches generally across the board that you've ever had in Ireland, like, would, 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 how high was their tolerance for that kind of style? Or did they want someone who... We we'll have less errors but then also take less risks so you might like lose out in a big play here or there
1: um, I, I always find with the Irish team that it's very much team first mm. you know team first focus and like when we had our success you know in Leinster um, as Luke kind of touched on earlier it, it didn't matter to him whether he was scoring the tries or hitting the rooks it was just about what's going to get the team over the line to beat teams um, and that that can kind of knock the Maverick out of you a bit um, I suppose <clears throat> you can fall into the trap as well of being outcome-based. And that's, you know, probably one of the big challenges with coaches now. It's like, you know, the outcome was a try or he made the right decision. But quite often, he's just made something happen there. You know, he's made it work. He's managed to sidestep. And he's managed to get this miracle offload away or he's managed to throw, you know, a pass and there's been a really bad defensive error or a bad missed tackle. But that's an outcome-based result. Whereas there's another time where you've made the right decision for the time but the outcome has been really bad. but And that's what the thought process comes down to. So it's like, why are you making these decisions? And that's the thing with Finn, that we, that, that, you know, to kind of come back to. It's like when he does certain things, you're kind of going, well, what did he see here to do that, to mm-hmm. go for that pass, to go for that kick? Because if you can back it up and say, well, I saw this. I thought their winger had, had, had gone up too high. I thought I could get it in behind him.
0: Mm-hmm. He goes for the kick. Do- he doesn't execute the kick. Mm-hmm. Then that's the issue. But the the idea, I think... So you're talking about being kind of process-driven. You're kind of going, okay, well, like, what's the and I think that's the, if you're trying to be consistent I think that's the way you, you do need to think about things you need to go okay well okay look it didn't work out this time but was the thinking right Were, was everyone in the right positions you know because what can you control I think you try, you're always trying to figure that out as you go what can you control to get in this position and once you're in that position like you know you know what was the thinking was it you know look, say you didn't execute the kick or you didn't you, you missed the try you missed the tackle whatever it is you know those things do happen but um, there is yeah I think if you're trying to be more consistent that's an interesting way of, of, mm. of putting it mads actually yeah do you are you outcome focused or a process driven kind of yeah. person? I think th- if you're trying to be more consistent, you put yourself in better positions more consistently. Uh, if you're more process driven, I mean, you think about Finn sometimes, and maybe he's a good example. I feel like sometimes he's thinking about that outcome, that 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 magic play, rather than going, mm, do you know what? Actually, I think I'll get a better shot at this in another in another phase, or yeah. um, you know, do I have the right personnel there? Should I be trying this um, to get this big thing? Whereas, really, if you're thinking more strategically about it. Possibly, it's a it's a harsh way of looking at Johnny. What I would say is, if we're, and the comparison last week was him and Johnny. Johnny is very, very strategic. I think. I think he's really good at figuring out. Um, you know, he he he'll wait the extra play. He'll yeah. he'll put you like he's a quarterback. He'll put you, he'll put his tight end in like across the middle to set up a good play for the next one. He understands like you know he'll, he'll go right. Ty, you got to take that into a brick wall and he'll keep doing that until he finds the right you know he. Fe- I think he feels the the time to play a little bit better than Finn sometimes
2: I don't think I've ever seen a player like Finn Russell who's the fortunes change so much in one game like even the France game it's South yeah. of France had some unbelievable moments through the intercept try the, the game you mentioned last night had some really good moments three missed conversions in the second half and then the kick dead at the end. It's like the fortunes are fluctuating one game. It's just crazy. Like
0: uh, look, it's why it is. Like I get the the excitement thing is is definitely there with him. But I, I don't know, for me, I always I'm I'm excited watching so much. I the, the comparison last week was who's more exciting. And, and I said I thought Johnny was, because I think he not every phase is is he's not he's not trying something every phase, but I feel like when the opportunity comes, he's so silky at taking them. And I love watching I think he's so skillful. Um and I think he, he makes Teams that he plays on make make far more breaks than ones Finn Russell plays on, um, and I think his kicking game as well is he sees the the spaces in that brilliant. Like his crossfield kicking is is always excellent, and his and his grubbers like he's he is excellent at all those skills. Like I don't think he's not going to be going through someone's leg, but to, to my mind, that's that's not really thinking that strategically. Like that's a once off. It's. Probably a bit of luck involved too, with some gobshite. It's not going deep. into the game. Man, <laughs> yeah, it's not, you know. can't I'm <laughs> right. sure Finn is an either but I think if Johnny sees, oh god, he's got his legs open I think like that's a real soccer player thing. Like he's not Ronaldinho. I think he's going to be thinking, well, okay, I see the fullback at a position. Like, you know, maybe there's a maybe there's a slot there. I don't see any nine in the chipping line. Uh, hmm. I don't know. That's that's only my own take on that. I don't know if you do you want would you who would you be more excited to watch in a game? Ah, like if the barbarians are playing, like you'd probably
1: put Finn out there to get bombs on seats, like so he's <laughs> <laughs> more it, it, to you no it, in a way but at, at, at the same time if you're looking to win a Six Nations Championship who or you're looking at, to win you know the Champions Cup or you know the, who you're picking for your, your, yeah, yeah. your quarterback for the season you know I'm you, just boring is what you're saying no 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 <laughs> yeah, I'm like <laughs> what's your old age? No. what's
0: your favourite movie
1: now <laughs> <laughs> <When>? <laughs> you're so, picking yeah. Johnny like Shinner's <laughs> List or
0: something
2: <laughs> uh, to change tack, to, uh, to completely Ulster it's been an interesting season mm. strong start good couple of wins the last few weeks so at least you're coming in a bit of positivity but that middle period like you put us into the dressing room around that time, like when the wheels kind of came off for you know five, six weeks, and it looked like the season was kind of going off the rails. Like, What, what happened over that period, do you think, for, for the results to dip so significantly?
1: Well, I got injured. <laughs> <laughs> Aside from that. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, b- being honest, we, we, were, we were unlucky in a few games. You know, if, if you look at, like, we conceded in, like, 78, 79, conceded in overtime. It was fine margins, and... It's very easy to think oh you know were we fit enough was that was that the issue that was letting us down but on the reviews of a lot of those games we were missing opportunities around like 50 minutes 60 minutes where you can put a team to bed and that's what we weren't doing um, but there was, there's was, there been a few turning points for us like, you know, La Rochelle came over and um, when we had to play them in the Aviva with, when our pitch was frozen I think we were like the guts of 30 nil down at half time, and that was a big moment like you could go out there they could keep turning the screw but we came back, we scrambled managed to get a couple of bonus points went away to La Rochelle and put in a good performance and, you know, arguably could have and should have won that game but there, there were two losses but as a team we still took confidence from them then obviously Sale came over and we, we we played really well in that game. You know, Sale I think are, are one of the best sides I, in England at the moment. Um, you know, they had a really good win against Sarries yesterday, um, and you know they just they're a tough side to play against. Um, we were a few percent off and we, we we played them over in Manchester and they hosed us. Then hmm. you know they're they're, they're that kind They've of. They got a big pack
0: too. They're 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 a lot of Africans <coughs> sort of there. boys. Yeah, like,
1: I'd, not many t- uh, of the Irish teams have played against Sale in Europe. Now I was. unlucky enough to play against them when I was at Bristol and I remember getting absolutely drilled by them in in Manchester it is a really really Mm. tough place to go they look to literally just beat you up and everything else looks after itself after that Mm. and they gave us a beating that day and, and, and good on them but we look we managed to scramble back beat Sale five points against Stormers Small bit unlucky against Glasgow. We didn't play our best stuff that day. But for us to go over to the Sharks and, and, and get five points there was huge. And then I thought our performance last night against Cardiff was, was up there with one of our best. You know, it was... Cardiff have had a you know a middling season, but um, that was a, a crucial game for them. If they wanted to make the top eight, they really needed to win last night, and you know it's their last home game of the season. So um, we're lucky now; we've got a nice stretch of of, of three home games left in the league, um, and you know we're we're, we're going to push really hard to try and get that second spot and hopefully start off with a home quarterfinal.
2: And where do you fit into the picture at the moment in terms of game time involvements? Like, are you, are you happy with? How
1: things are going. Yeah, like obviously my role has changed now, you know, I'm turning 34 this month. Um I'm very lucky that there's there's great there's great guys that I'm competing with up there. Billy's a really nice guy to work with, you know, from a strategy point of view, you know, whoever gets picked on a given week, we try and drive the team on together. And then Jake Flannery's come up um from from Munster and um he's, he he's a guy who, you know, he hasn't had a whole lot of publicity, but he's a fantastic rugby player. I remember Seeing him in preseason and like he was one of their, our best performers in preseason. He was sidestepping lads for fun. He's got a great pass, kicks the ball really well. I was I was nearly kind of thinking to myself, you know. <laughs> Where's this guy's flaw? Like you know, and, and then I played one of the the warm up games we were playing against Exeter, and he was playing um, out half, and I was playing twelve. I was thinking, you know, maybe he's just like maybe he's just a weak defender. Maybe that's why you know <laughs> it, it didn't quite work out for him in, in, in oh, Munster. Munster. Mm. But you look at the quality of the guys that were there when he was in Munster. You know, Crowley was obviously coming through, Ben Healy, Joey. It was just bad timing for him. Um, and by the way, his defense is actually really good. So <laughs> <laughs> my point is. The, the, he he has very few flaws in his game what goes against him is he just hasn't had a whole lot of, of opportunities um, you know but he goes over to the Shark Tank last week against Sharks, and I thought he had a
0: brilliant game. And he's a guy now that I'd be really excited about going forward. Um, uh, what so, about you, Matt? So what about, are you like? So you're you're obviously you are you've had a, a bit of bad injury. Look, unusual for you. You're Mr. Mr. Robust, in fairness. Yeah. But uh, like, you must be trying to eye up. Like, how do you, how do you get back in that team? Like for that hiding, I presume the Heining Cup game is a yeah, big like, carrot, isn't it? For uh, the, the one on April first is the one you
1: want to be playing in yeah. You know whether whether I'm starting or I'm in the twenty three. You know that's that's going to be a hell of a day out. And yeah. and like we're, you know, under no illusions, we we back ourselves against Leinster. We beat them twice last year. I know we kind of fell apart in, in the second half of the game um, th- this season. But if we can play our game, you know, there's, there's enough confidence there within the squad. Um, for me, like I'm back fit now. I, I, I managed to play against La Rochelle and got off the bench against Sharks. So I feel like I'm back in the season now, having missed, you know, four or five months. Um, so yeah, it's just... The big thing is just you know control the controllables. Train well each day, um, work you know as close as I can with with Dan Soper, our CAT, our attack coach, and and Dan McFarland and um, Johnny Bell, and making
0: sure I'm, I'm doing what they want to see in training, yeah. and then you know. How do you find like working with the with the staff? I assume as kind of like you're, you're, geez, you're still only thirty four. It's mad, but like you, you know, I'm you're thirty three. I'm turning thirty. But sorry, thirty three. Um, but you, you know, you, you've got a lot of experience there. Playing in lots of good teams. Playing those teams that have won. I'm sure you've got a good relationship as a ten with the with the coaching staff. I mean what's the relationship like there with him are you, are you knocking on the door every week to go well what's like well, what's going on what do i need to do mm. um and i presume you're probably there anyway because you're talking tactics but what's the what's the relationship there uh, yeah the like, a, like? I, I get on
1: great with with, with dan mcfarland and you know his door is always open you can come go, go up and and you know i think the way the game's gone you've got to sell yourself now yeah, you've yeah. got to go up and tell him look this is what i offer it this is you know i think i do this better than you know the other guys and mm. um yeah and then tie it in with strategy points of how the team is going because mm. that's ultimately what it, what it all comes down to mm. but um, what, what, what's a big strength with the, the Ulster coaching setup um, with uh, Johnny Bell and, 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 and Dan Sober is they very much work with the players yeah. so that like the strategy is put together alongside the players and that means that you know when it comes to the presenting and actually executing the game plan you get full buy-in because the players are like we're part of this you mm. know, as opposed to a coach just dictating and going, "This is how we're playing," and play. You know, some players not being fully bought in, mm. um, and that, that that that's a part of it that I've, I've I've really enjoyed and kind of it kept me in the loop when I was injured because yeah, you can yeah. easily get disconnected. But, of course, I you know, know. Yeah, they give me some know. sort of role and. Whether they were listening to me or not, <laughs> they were letting you talk anyway, yeah, exactly,
2: yeah. <laughs> which is nice of them. Is it, uh, is it tough to go from you know playing in big Champions Cup games, being involved at World Cups, being an international, to then you know, you're, as I said, trying to sell yourself to coaches to get game time? Like, is that a difficult adjustment to make?
1: Ah, uh, no, it is completely. Like you know, I still still have ambitions to be number one. You know, and if I didn't have that ambition, I'd actually think I'd just knock on Dan's door and just be like, here, I'm done, you know, yeah. because I, I just wouldn't be able to, to look myself in the mirror and, 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 you know, have any sort of respect for myself. Um, it is tough, but at the same time, you, you know, my role has changed and you, you can take satisfaction from other things within the game. If I'm not picked in the 23 during the week, I'll drive the second team to be as good as they can be to challenge the first team. And if we can carve them up, I'll take a serious amount of satisfaction out of that. And if that can make them better for the weekend, that's going to be my best chance of getting in for the following week. You know, And yeah. then there's other ways to motivate yourself as well is working with guys. So like I'm lucky I've played the game for whatever, the guts of 15 years. I've learned a lot. I can help the young guys out. And that's a great thing in Ulster at the moment. We've got some seriously good quality young both forwards and especially in the back line, Mm. Um, you know, the likes of James Hume, um, Ethan McElroy, um, you know, Nathan Doe coming through. Like, these guys are, they're going to be serious players and I I can see them, you know, all wearing green consistently, you know, in in, in years to come. So you motivate yourself by being able to work with them and seeing if you can pass on some of your knowledge to them. And you get satisfaction out of that.
0: Yeah, but you're kind of, as well, it's funny you say that you'd stop if, you know, if you didn't have that hunger. Like, you're actually one of the only people I probably believe with that well not one of the only people but you seem to be doing quite a bit off the off the pitch as well like lots of kind of interesting uh, kind of business stuff going on tell us a little bit about that kind of preparation as, as a guy who maybe didn't wasn't that prepared <laughs> I'm always interested to hear someone <laughs> who is prepared for retirement because you got I saw you, you relaunched um, was it Feel, Feel Free is it? yeah that's a CBD kind of company, is this for for injury recovery and for different different? Yeah, so when it. I was
1: in uh, when I was in France, I was was struggling with my neck injury a small bit, my groin, and um, sleep quality wasn't great. And CBD had just been legalized for for athletes. Then it was suggested to me by by one of my friends. Um, so I started taking it, and what, one of the stoners go- is it? <laughs> <laughs> Help you Not sleep? Name it was, <laughs> <laughs> I can guess. I know some of your schoolmates.
2: Um, but um, no, yeah.
1: it, it basically it, mm. it, it's um, it, it really helped my sleep quality, yeah. uh, reduce inflammation in my body, and then like performance anxiety is a big thing. You know, you're always kind of stressing out. And um, I looked at the market, and in Ireland there wasn't really many products there. Mm. Um, the the, the series lads have brought out four or five, which, is, which is done yeah, really yeah. well, yeah. Um, and I there was a bit of a niche there so myself and, and and my wife set it up and um we relaunched there last week and it's it's basically our, our our oils are specific to either the daytime or the nighttime, and then we also have vitamin infused oils and and, and jellies and um jellies yeah I like jellies yeah
0: gummies <laughs> jellies yeah so don't know um, if i need any more jellies but yeah no but must um, be, i'm looking forward to musking give them a give them yeah i have now, to yeah. give him a go but no it's it, mm. it's um See it's if I can get back to the heights, Will. <laughs> Come out of retirement. Um,
1: but yeah, no, look, I know the rugby's not going to last forever, so it's, it's nice to be able to have my hand. in.
0: Uh, and you're working with well. one of your pals from school as well, are you?
1: Yeah, so two of the guys from, from BlackRock um, run Dataships, which is uh, a tech business. So we, we, we basically... Gather as many emails as possible for Shopify stores uh, by mm-hmm. optimizing their checkout, and um, I help them with uh, opening a few doors there. So keeps me keeps me busy. You know, you know the tagline anyway. <laughs> yeah, you must be doing something
0: right. No, that's great. No, look, it's great to hear someone being prepared because it's a big it's a big change. You know, you hear lots of people struggling with it. So, yeah, I'm sure you are doing it. Uh, you're, you're still playing because you think you can get in that team because you're saying like you're pretty prepared you are saying prepared anyway whether you are or not we'll find out now we're going for a bit of probe (laughs) after this we'll find out uh, everything there
2: like for you is the finish line inside or do you plan on playing for another number of years like what's like what's your future
1: yeah i I think like i said if i if i I feel like i don't have it in me or my body's not allowing me to compete for first choice that would be the time that i'll say no more i still feel like i can do that now um so yeah just taking it day by day at the moment um, you're but 23
0: you yeah. can't be talking like this this is terrible no, I'm like, still you know, loving it man I used to be always fit as a fiddle oh,
1: yeah, no, I like, am I still feel like I can kick it with the young lads you
0: know? <laughs> <laughs> Grandpa Madigan yeah, like exactly, Jesus yeah, yeah, you're yeah. only as
1: old as the people <laughs> they hang out with <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's the one you're out with young lads yeah. just we want to then wrap up with a look last look towards the weekend like mm. so what, what what are the feelings now on Sunday do you, do you think Ireland are in a good place Scotland are dangerous nervous you, nervous? Mm. you
0: know I'm I'm nervous about it. I, I think um I think they're playing with a little bit of confidence I think they look like they've got a bit of a bit of bite in them as well a bit of fight like the they didn't go wandering off in that um in that French game which I thought they might at one period um they stuck around and um they've got quality um Love to see Ringrose back in there, hopefully, I'm, I'm sure he is fit, but I think he's kind of actually become very important to that defense. I thought they looked a little bit at sea, particularly the lads that we talked about how good they were, def- um, you know, in attack. But our wingers just looked a little bit vulnerable without him. He just, um, he does make a big difference himself or Henshaw, whoever comes in, maybe they both will. Um, I think they've actually become very important. Um, and um, I think that's scrum. The scrum looked pretty, pretty good too. So, like, I think you know, they, we need to have uh, as many of our operators in, in, in that pack. I mean, is Ty for a long? I think he is back. He's supposed to be. And you'd have to think he'd probably come in, even though I thought Tom O'Toole's been brilliant and uh, looked very good in the loose as well. Um, so yeah, look, I, I think we are. I think we are a better team than them. Um, I think we're a little bit more strategic. We have talked a little bit about that. Um, but I still think them at home is a really tough ask, so I'm nervous about this one. I feel like this sh- this this will probably be a tight one. I think they'll have their backs up. There's still a championship to play for them, um, and um, yeah, I can't see us not beating England if we win this one. But I'm, I am nervous about this. Mm. Don't know about you? I'd be
1: far more nervous about this. I, I'm not overly enamoured with how England are playing at the moment, and I just think that if we play our game or even close to it, we'll we beat should them. Be okay, um, yeah. Yeah. I. They, really get, they will get yeah. better I think though not I think no, Bor- do you think Borthwick's
0: a good sorry before
1: we go on to yeah. Scotland do you think Borthwick's a good um? I think, look like the success he had with, with Leicester was very impressive how quickly he turned them around but the, the style of play you know it, he they kick the ball a huge amount they play yeah. that kind of turn and trap game um, hmm. I'm not overly enamoured with it if I'm being honest like is it is it a team that I'd do like do think to it'll be
0: effective for England though I think it might be
1: <laughs> it <laughs> To an extent, it is it is effective because it's international rugby and kicking yeah. is a huge part of it. Um, but what's been refreshing for us is we've actually started kicking the ball less. And yeah. that's you know part of the reason why we're playing so well. Sorry, I um, got you off Scotland. But no, was no,
0: interesting no, no you yeah. in England.
2: Just to, you know, yeah. Marcus Smith, another kind of maverick out of half yeah. who's struggling yeah. to find his place in the international game. What what do you make of... So does he fit into that team? Like, you know, did they play him with Farrell? Did they just go with him? Did they just go with Farrell? Like, and George Ford's now back in the mix. What do you make of how he... His kind of international experience to date.
1: Yeah, I'm a massive fan of Marcus Smith, and if if I was bored to it I'd build a team around him. Um, I watched him there at the weekend against Exeter. Uh, Exeter and he, was the, he was the man of the match really like He so. it, it was
0: like he was playing against you know boys. You know, obviously but he's the Premiership how good is the Premiership? Though I, wonder, <sighs> I often wonder that. I think it's I know, quite different.
1: I, to sometimes you think defensively, you, it looks a bit at sea. To me yeah, it, sometimes. It, it is at, at, at times, but. Uh, Look, I, I just love how he plays. I think mm. the first game, um, the balance wasn't there, right? He like when he plays at Quinns and he plays really well, he's got Esther outside Yeah, yeah. He was yeah, just yeah. a fantastic ball carrier. If he has
0: too laggy, I think he, he could yeah, be, yeah. yeah. Because
1: if you look at how they set up in the first game, it was mm. it was Smith Farrell
0: and, was it Marchant? Uh, Farrell's it was not Marchant, a 12, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Farrell's not a 12, though. Not but, a, he's not. He's a brilliant player, but he's a 10. I, I, I firmly believe that. Yeah, but I like, think you got to go one or the other. But for even if you go
1: with Smith, Farrell and Tuolaghi, for example, right? At least you've got someone who can do I the hard yeah. yards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you've got a bit of balance. Whereas, mm. like, Marchant's actually a ball player.
0: He's a nice player.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, but he's not he's not going to he's, he's not, not going to he's so not going to be someone who's going to he's not going to No. So I, I actually felt for Smith in that first game because I didn't think the balance within the team was there and then he, you know, ultimately kind of got the blame for that. Um but look, Farrell's the captain. Like it's just he's probably it, a
0: better kicker, is he? He hasn't in been pressure. kicking as no, well No, man. he hasn't. But no. he's still, yeah, course, historically, he's speaking, yeah. historically speaking, though, Farrell has been dead eye, like, off the team. No, no, yeah.
1: he is. And he'll get it back.
0: Like, yeah, of course. He, yeah. Um,
1: but, yeah, I, it, it, it's a, it's, a, it's an absolute conundrum. But if, if if you're looking for a 10 who
0: could potentially, you know, beat Australia in the semi-final. See, I think England need to go a different way about this. I'd be going more turgid with England. I always think big defence, big set-piece, great kicker. Um, couple of good finishers out wide which they generally have I always think there's a blueprint for England being great it suits their personality Um, it's almost like South Africa to me like South Africa play a similar type to England but not as they're like a little bit looser than England England are usually super disciplined all their great teams that I can think of generally play that way maybe I'm stuck in that mould I just feel like if Farrell goes to 10 he's a great 10 defender but an average 12 defender and I think he just becomes stingy defensively if you have him Tuulagi and Slade or whoever you pick you know interchange the two players in the centre whatever you want to do But I just think you become really stingy with them. I think Smith. I agree with you. More expansive, better on the eye. I'd be he'd be on my bench for me because I feel like if you need to change a game or it's opened up, he's my guy. He's the ultimate. He's the the guy for that. Yeah, he'd be a nightmare because he's so good. He's great footwork too. But that's just look. It's interesting. That's an interesting talking point. Back to the Scotland game because I think that's what everyone probably wants to hear Mm. about. What What makes you nervous about this Scotland team? Well, I, I think they've
1: they've picked a very similar team for the last three years. You know, help, yeah. I think I think Gregor is a seriously sharp coach. Um, they they they're all very comfortable within the game plan. They it, they're great to watch. Like they play from yeah, you know right, so. they, the centers are good, aren't they? The Centers are like yeah. uh, what is it? Two Palau, and Jones, Jones, Really found form now. you know he's a real athlete. He's fast, yeah. um, strong too. Big and boy then life. the. Yeah, like like Hogg just kicks the ball an absolute mile like that 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 callum, you know. Yeah. Gets gets them into the right areas a lot, a lot of the time. Um I like the the balance of the back row. Richie Gray's back
0: playing really well, yeah. you know.
2: He was really good against France. I he was, yeah. he, was, he was such
0: a huge man. Like you yeah. need those guys against uh, against those kind of packs, don't you? Yeah, to stand yeah. up. You know? And then like
1: Schumann goes well. Like yeah. he's always a tough guy to play against. Yeah, yeah, um, like I can't believe that that Roy Sutherland's not in. Obviously, I have to give my Ulster teammate a shout mm-hmm. out. But um, yeah, look, I think they're very comfortable in how they're playing. They're at home. They're going to be hurt from the French game. <sighs>
0: I think the actual thing with Townsend and Russell is very important. I think that they mended that. They've both mm. been big enough to go, well, you're our best guy there. We, we you know, and, and Townsend knows that. Um, and for whatever reason, they've clashed. But I think them men in the defence there a little bit does help, and it creates yeah. a, a little bit of solidity around Russell. It gives him a bit of reassurance that the coach isn't going to be, you know, if he makes one mistake or he does try something, I know we're talking about him not doing those, maybe becoming a better player, but... You know he's still great at he's still a, he's an international rugby player. It's bloody hard to be an international rugby player. Um, having the backing of your coach, I do think it helps a lot. It, you know it does give you a reassurance. And when the oh, lines of communication are open, uh, the team benefits from that. I, I feel like that is a factor in this in this team at the moment and the confidence they're, mm. they're playing. with. So do Ireland win on Sunday?
1: I'd say I'd say Ireland will win, but I think it's going to be really
0: a two three points. spread, max.
2: Life I from home, it's hard to, to win. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, that's, yeah. Sorry, that's what I was getting at. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's, um,
0: it's an interesting one, isn't it? Yeah. Because Scotland, like an away win in the Six Nations is really difficult. It is really, like the Wales one, I think they're just in a bad place, but
2: it's generally very difficult. Yeah, um, but we're still going with three Ireland wins.
0: We are, but the <laughs> are we yeah, have they, to? Yeah, I think Ireland are playing brilliant. Like
2: they're number one team we in the are. world. Every Scottish can listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> 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 and you think they complete the Grand Slam then on St Patrick's weekend? Yeah, yeah. I
1: yeah no, I just yeah, just. yeah, I think we've enough enough to beat England. Um, yeah, definitely.
0: At so. home, England is always like they hate coming over. They're Still in a bit flux, figuring the things out, I think. Um, I'd say we'd be, we're difficult to beat. Johnny along. Sexton's
2: last Six Nations game as well. Could be. Who floating knows? head in the One crowd. One more man. year. Yeah, no driscoll <laughs> kind of <stand-off>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, but on that note, I'd like to thank Ian for coming in and thank Luke for joining me as well. We'll be back later in the week with more podcasts building up to Ireland versus Scotland. And in the meantime, you can subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or listen on independent.ie. So until next time, thanks for listening and goodbye. The Six Nations on the Left Wing Podcast. Rate, review and follow the show
1: on
0: Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This is an Irish independent podcast.